started off this morning with a, I have a story that I learned, but it was teaches a good lesson. Because you know in life, it seems like we're always, we're always competing. And not only competing against each other, but we find ourselves, when we are competing with each other, that actually we're competing with ourselves. There's a story about, about a farmer. Said so there was a farmer who grew excellent corn, quality of corn. He just had the best corn around. And every year, he always won the award for the best grown corn. Said so one year, a newspaper reporter interviewed him and he learned something interesting about how he grew this high quality corn. The reporter discovered that the farmer shared his seed with his neighbors. So the reporter asked him, how can you afford to share your best seed corn with your neighbors when they're entering corn in the same competition against you each year? The farmer said, well, sir, didn't you know that the wind picks up pollen from the ripening corn and it swirls it from field to field? Said if my neighbors grow inferior corn, Cross-pollination will steadily degrade the quality of my corn, and if I grow good corn, I must help my neighbors grow good corn. And it's the same thing with our lives. Those who want to live meaningfully and well must help enrich the lives of those around us. For the value of life is measured by the lives that it touches. And those who choose to be happy must help others find happiness for the welfare of each is bound up with the welfare of all. <clears throat> we can call it the power of collectivity. We can call it the principle of success. Call it the law of life. The fact is none of us truly win until we all win. Now we're coming in this morning say the yard looks good. The lawn was freshly cut, and it looked real good. Have you noticed how just you can take a lawnmower and just run it around a little bit, cut the grass, and it looks good? You know, that's not all we can learn from a lawnmower. I'm going to talk to you just a little bit this morning about a lawnmower. If you really don't get upset, I'm not going to tell you to use a lawnmower. I'm just going to tell you that some lessons that we can learn. You tell I've been working on a lot more. <clears throat> First of all, when you're cutting the grass, that tall, thick grass is hard to cut. Cutting tall grass is extremely difficult because it clogs up the mower. Now, at my house, there's a part of the yard where Justin and I planted our tomato garden that you can only cut with half the width of the mower at a time, or it'll bog it down and kill the engine. That spot grows some thick grass. And if you let it grow too long, especially with all this rain that we've been getting, you can hardly cut it. The lesson we should learn from this is not to put off dealing with problems in our lives, because that just makes it worse. 
We need to deal with the problems of one another quickly. Over in Matthew chapter 5, you would turn with Matthew chapter 5. Verses 23 and 25. So therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother had something against you, leave your gift there before the altar, and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him. Let your adversary deliver you to the judge. The judge hand you over to the officer, and you'll be thrown into prison. And here we see in verse 25, it says to deal with things quickly. Not when, just when you have time, when you find time, but quickly. Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 tells us, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Here, it tells you to get things taken care of quickly. When we, th when we think about this, think about Bible characters. One that popped to my mind was David. I can, I can relate David to a lot of things lessons that we can learn here today. But David, David did not deal with Absalom after the death of Ammon. And look what happened because of it. The thing we need to learn is there's a problem with sin in your life. You need to take care of it as soon as you can. Sin tends to build upon itself and it makes things worse. Some have been lost eternally because they waited so long that they, to get rid of that sin in their life, that they felt overwhelmed and they felt helpless. Another lesson we can learn from Alan Moore is dull blades don't cut. When you cut with dull blades, it just tends to break the grass and fold it over and it looks messy. It costs you to have to go back over it two or three more times. A dull mind it's the same way spiritually. Now over in the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. Be, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We are told to diligently work to show ourselves approved unto God by properly handling the Bible. We can't handle the Bible properly without first studying the Bible. No matter what we try to do in the world, in our lives, we don't study up on it. Read the instructions. We can't handle it properly. Many times they try to put something together and you want to do it your way. It didn't work out. After all that time, you had to go back, read the instruction, find out it really wasn't that hard to do. Done it the way we're told to do. So we need to study the Bible diligently. Don't just read it. 
and then we can go out and properly. We tend to make a mess of things when we try doing something biblically without first studying the Bible. Maybe we heard somebody say something about a Bible verse and we're going to go out and try to talk about other people. Well, first of all, we need to study that Bible verse. Somebody told us something and make sure it's God intended for it to be there the way they interpreted it. Paul told Timothy to give attendance to reading over in 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Here he told him to give attendance to the reading, to read. He has to be given to reading the Word of God. Here is the idea of the word attendance. He was told to study God's Word. To sharpen his mind spiritually. How do we how are we going to be able to teach others about God's word if we don't know what God's word says ourselves? Furthermore, we won't be able to be obedient and obey God's word unless we study it and know it. Now another lesson we can learn from a lawnmower is a flooded engine won't start. If you hold that choke out too long while you're rolling that motor over, it's just going to flood the carburetor and it's not going to start. This happens mostly with push mowers. I remember times when I would pull and pull and snatch and yank on the crank rope and it wouldn't do anything except physically wear me out. A lot of times I would rest up and start pulling that rope again. Unless we change something and do something different, we're going to get the same reaction that we've been getting the whole time. When we try to talk to someone or someone asks us about God's Word, we can't give them the answer that God wants us to. It's because we haven't studied God's Word. We need to go back and read the Bible. If you don't have a Bible, let me know. I'll get you one. But we need to study God's Word so that we can go out. You nearly pull your back out trying to crank the mower. But sometimes we let our lives get flooded with things that really don't matter. But they just bother us so much. The simplest little thing can really get on my nerves. And it's really not that important. But it just ruins my whole day. But not only does it ruin my day, but it ruins the day of the people that I've come in fact attached with. So we need to be more considerate about it. Jesus says this happens in the hearts of some men. Over in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, verse 14. <clears throat> when it says, Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. We tend to let the cares of this world choke out God's word. We get so caught up in the main things of life that at times we tend to neglect our spiritual lives. We get so caught up with making a living that we fail to actually make a life, not only for ourselves, but for our families. We get so caught up with all the things in this life that we fail to pay attention to the most important thing in our life, 
our relationship as well as our family's relationship with our Heavenly Father. We get so caught up with, I like fish. But I find that, you know, I can't fish every day. I've got to pay attention to God's Word. Another lesson is a dead battery won't fire. Right now, one of my lawnmowers is sitting in the backyard with a dead battery. But after the, that lawnmower with a dead battery, it won't do a thing but just sit there and collect rainwater. Can't do what it was actually designed to do. The battery won't fire, so the rest of the mower is useless. Jesus understood that we need. Jesus understood the need for a break from the pressures of life. Over in the book of Mark. Mark chapter 6. Verses 30 and 31. Mark 6, 30, 31 tells us, Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest for a while. For there were many coming and going, and did not I even have time to eat. Here he's telling his disciples, Come over. <coughs> And rest. So we tell us here that Jesus understood the need from a break from the pressure of the life. This was when the disciples returned from their limited commission. Jesus knew that they needed a break because of the work that they had been doing. <coughs> life will wear us down if we let it. Sometimes we need a break, or we will break down ourselves. We need to take care of ourselves and Get recharged. I want this building here this morning to be our Elam. Now, Elam I'm talking about was what was the one of the first places the Israelites came to after crossing over Jordan. Exodus chapter 15, verse 27 tells us that it had 12 wells, 70 palm trees. So there was plenty of water, plenty of shade. My point is that I want this building, I want this time here this morning to be a place of our recharging and our renewal of our spiritual growth. We need that in life at times. Now the last, le last lesson I want us to look at this morning from a lawnmower is safety equipment should not be removed. I'm going to leave that like it is. I won't, I won't tell you how I come across that, but safety equipment is put there for a reason. There are things on a lawnmower that are there so people don't get hurt using that mower. One thing that quickly comes to mind is the flatness over the blades where the grass shoots out. Some people take it off so the grass doesn't build up. However, it's there for protection to help keep the body parts out of the blades and rocks and things from flying when hit by the blades. But you know, we can look at this and see that God put things in his word for our protection because we need them. Some people think that it would be easier if we could do certain things and not do other things. It would be easier if we can 
have a blank chapter in the Bible, we can write our own little chapter of what we need to do and how it affect our life affects to the other one. But God has placed those things in his word for our benefit and our protection. God has our best interests in mind. And many times, we don't view it that way. God calls us to worship Him every first day of the week. Some people would like to take a break from the church every now and then. They desire to take part in a worldly activity instead of worshiping God. Everywhere I've looked in the Bible, I haven't found a spot yet or a verse yet that says, Come and go to church and worship God as you please. It tells us to come and worship God to please God. We get built up encouraged <coughs> by one another. One of the main reasons we're here to worship God. Show our praises. But we're here to encourage one another. We're here to make each other feel like they have a brother or a sister in Christ. Do they make them feel like they have someone that no matter what trials, tribulation, or stomach loss that they're going through, that they have someone here that's willing to go, uh, go along with them through and help them through whatever it is. There are several passages in the New Testament that actually use the phrase one another. Several of them tell us to do things to one another. For example, Romans 13 and 8 tells us to love one another. Romans chapter 12 verse 10 tells us to prefer one another. You go over to Romans 15, chapter 15, verse 14, tell us to admonish one another. Or even we're going to get into, hopefully in a few weeks, in our, our early morning hour study, and as Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, tells us to bear one another's burdens. All of these and the other one another passages are best done when we come together. God forbids drunkenness and fornication. Now why is this? Why is this when the world enjoys these things so much they go against God's word? It's for our benefit. I have to stop and ask myself a lot of times, why in the world would you do that? Just think if I was drunk. There's no telling what kind of wild thing that we allow to do. So God tells us don't uh, forbid drunkenness and fornication because for our own benefit. So many lives are ruined by both of these sins and they could be avoided if God's word would be obeyed. All the restrictions God places upon his children are there for our benefit, our protection. It helps us lead the abundant life that God wants us to lead. Now over in the book of John, chapter 10, Verse 10. John chapter 10. Verse 10. The last verse I'm going to give you this morning. <clears throat> when it tells us the thief does not know, women, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it abundantly. Now that's where a lot of people have difference in beliefs. You know, we could say if you're going to break in our house, break in on Marcia's side. Because she's got a lamp. I got a laser sight on my side. But it's the way that we percept 
things in life. I know I use something simple as a lawnmower, and it's usually something that you don't listen, hear talk in a sermon. I've used something simple as a pencil. What I'm trying to do, I want everybody to do is notice that you can use anything to, you, to tell someone about God. No matter what it is. An apple. We, for some reason, we relate the apple to the forbidden fruit that Eve took. But we can tell people where that apple comes from. Sure, it comes from a seed. Sure, someone had to plant that seed. God watered it. But if you bear it all the way down, it comes from God. We can use our children. We can use our job. We can use anything to talk to someone. So when you're around someone, recognize the opportunity to tell them about God. Another thing that we can talk to them about about God is need to be baptized. Become a child of God. Maybe you've already been baptized, but you have stepped out of his way and sinned. There's still hope for you. God still has mercy to give to you. So whatever your need may be, I ask you to come forward this time over stand and sing our song of invitation.